Toss set eye, Mahomes under center. First and goal. Snap, spin, fake, hand up. Here comes the rush. He throws a pass end zone. It's caught. Kelsey in the back of the end zone. Caught it again. Number four. Travis Kelsey has caught four touchdown passes tonight. And that one puts the Chiefs up. 30-23 with 7.25 to go. And Kelsey, the first receiver to ever have four touchdown receptions on Monday Night Football. It took a little while for the Chiefs to get started, but get started they did, and they got finished. It was a great Monday night game. It's a great Tuesday morning. PFT Live presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. I say good morning to Christopher. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's been five days. Yep. I don't like this routine, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I don't see until the following Tuesday. I don't like it. I hear you. Well, one day maybe you can talk to my boss and try to figure that out. You know, try to get me back on the Monday morning show. I don't know. We'll figure that out one day. We can dream, though, until now or until that happens. Um, but you said, wait, they started it and then they got they, they got started and then they got finished. They didn't got finished. They finished. You sound like you're starting off with the Simpsons there. They finished no. them. <laughs> no, they, they did. Well, but they almost they, yeah, they almost, almost got finished. <laughs> they did. They and tried. I don't want to go. I don't want to go blue this early in the show. But they almost did something down their leg after they they did created the impression they were going to score fifty. I right. thought it was going to be like that playoff game against the Texans when they were down twenty four and the final score was like fifty two to twenty four or something ridiculous like that. I thought they were just going to mash the gas pedal and just keep going because there was a point where Mahomes was upset after they had gone up. And it's like, oh, God, they're going to score 50 points tonight. And I'm surprised that they slowed down after that. I'm surprised the game ended up being as close as it was. And it ended up being dangerously close. And the Raiders almost actually won the game even after the Chiefs hit overdrive. And that's what impressed me about it the most. I mean, yes, it's the the, the biggest comeback in the regular season ever for a Patrick Mahomes Chiefs team down 17 nothing. It's at least the fifth time this year a team has come back from down by 17 or more to win. But usually when they do that, they don't look back. That's what made last night fascinating to me. They took the lead, but the Raiders didn't give up. Powered by Josh Jacobs, who was as determined last night as I've ever seen him with the football. And then some key throws by Derek Carr. Definitely. Almost, almost pulled off the victory some questionable decision making near the end by both teams I'm sure we'll talk about that I know one play in particular a two-point conversion by the Chiefs is one that that Chris hates especially when you know it doesn't work well they they almost it was that was almost the reason why you don't do it last night right there I mean if 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 Josh Jacobs scores and they get the two-point conversion there we go oh we were trying to be cute going up by nine and we're only up seven and oh the team that's on the road that's not as good goes for two, and now we're down one. I mean, to me, there was almost a part of me that was rooting for it to happen, to stop this, oh, we're going to go up by nine, instead of, hey, it's hard to score two touchdowns. That's what a two-point conversion is. So, yes, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it was an awesome game, well, Mike. You're right about that. This is one of those days where there's so much fruit falling from the there is. We're just going to grab it whenever it organically lands in our wheelbarrow. Uh, but before I do that, I have to say welcome to the audience on Peacock, Series XM85. 
Hello to the folks enjoying the program. Hello. On tape delay, Sky Sports NFL. They tape delay it so they can take out the profanity, and then they don't take out the profanity, which makes it even, even better. better. The profanity happens. And also anyone listening on the podcast, I hope they take out none of the profanity on the podcast, however much there may be, although I've tried to be I've tried to be good lately. We, we got a little over the top on the Picks podcast last week. I get so many emails every week, where's the Picks podcast? Well, they play it on Peacock at some point. I'm not sure when, but it's on the NFL on NBC YouTube page. Subscribe. It's played on Fridays, they tell me. What time on Fridays, by the way, since I don't watch the show, since I've been involved in the creation of it, there's no reason to watch it. I already know what we said anyway it's fridays at some point on fridays but not between 7 and 9 a.m eastern because that's when pft live is on and peter king joins me because chris is in his hammock with his pina colada and his bong all right let's focus on that that decision by both teams right and let's start let's start with the chiefs end of it because as soon as they scored i texted go for two i know you did and i saw mahomes doing this and i was talking to my son about it I said, look, Pete Carroll has done this before. Right. The idea is you go up by two scores. Right. But it really, and I said to him, but you know what? Here's what Chris will say. If you kick the extra point, you're still up by two scores because they have to score two touchdowns. That's right. They have to score the touchdown and the two-pointer to tie you. So you're still up two scores. Right. Because, but, but, but the other side of it, though, is it's two possessions. Uh, yes. It's not just two scores, it's two possessions uh, if you get the nine. That's right. So I get the logic. I understand it. I didn't like the play. I didn't like the execution. Maybe the play call was perfect. The execution wasn't good because the Raiders made a play there. But if they if they go up by nine, that changes the vibe because the Raiders know they've got to get points on two different drives instead of one. And, yes, you've still got to get the two-point conversion if you're down eight, but you still need two drives if you're down nine. That's why – it's it's a thing. It's just like the down 14, score a touchdown, go for two. It's that similar mindset. It's an analytics-driven thing that's just popped up in the past few years. If it would have happened 10, 15 years ago, we'd have been like, what the hell is going on? At least we know why. You cannot like it, but at least we know why. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I cannot like it. And, and, yeah, I think there's, you know, again, I just I'm, – I'm a believer, as I've said before, and just – applying the most pressure on the other team to make them try to win the football game. You put them down by eight. You're the Kansas City Chiefs. You are the better football team. You know, as we see, I mean, all the tricks and things Andy Reid has to do to score and, and the Chiefs have to do to score, you know, from inside the five-yard line. It's hard. We saw the Raiders. It's hard. It's hard to do that. So, you know, I understand the thinking a little bit, the whole two-score thing. I get that. You know, but but there's there's still too much game to be played. I mean, again, the Raiders got the ball two more times, so it wasn't a big issue, and they drove down two more times. So therefore, we oh no, two more possessions. Well, they got two more possessions. I don't know. I I, I just don't understand it. I guess I'm just more of a you know um, conservative by nature when it comes to that stuff. I, I I am, and and yeah, I do. I think it's the way defenses. Two-point conversions, it's not easy to score. You know, there's nothing behind you to worry about. You know, we've seen defensive tackles. It's hard to run up the middle and do that. There's so many good defensive tackles in football. Uh, and it's real life, you know, and that's the big thing to me. This is not Madden. This is not like, you know, Xbox or PlayStation. And and that for that matter, I just I believe in, yeah, the, the eight points, make him go down the field, score another touchdown in the two-point conversion instead of, Okay, 
yeah, oh, no, now we risked it, and we're up by seven, and we're playing a team that knows they're not as good as us, and here they are on the road, they score a touchdown, and they're going to go for the win, and we've outplayed them for the last two quarters, but now we might lose because uh, I decided to go for the two two possession rule there and go up by nine. I guess that's why I don't love it. I don't know if I explained that the perfect way, but you know, did, at least that's you my did. two well, cents. Close yeah. enough. Close yeah. enough. I get I get your point. Yeah. And um it's not something that happens a lot because it's not all that often the team is clinging to a one point lead late and they score a touchdown. It 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 doesn't come up a lot. But we know what the Chiefs attitude and approach was last night. They may feel differently the next time. Again, these decisions all should be driven by a variety of factors, including how you feel about your menu of two-point conversion plays, how you feel about your offense at that moment, the defense at that moment. Are you confident you're going to be able to convert it? And the Chiefs clearly were, and in hindsight, they shouldn't have been. Now, now, let's fast forward, because the Raiders at that point down seven. Right. They drive down the field. Right. It's 30 to 23. They score the touchdown. Yep. There's the four long, minutes and 30 seconds left when they score. Right. right. The long, Chiefs, there was seven pass minutes. Devontae Adams. Right. right. Exactly. So, I, and this, this, this dovetails with something that Miles Simmons and I were talking about yesterday because I think the Bengals would have been better off if they had missed the extra point late when the Evan McPherson ball goes over the top of the goalpost and it just looked no good, but it was good technically because it. I still don't understand why it was good. Yeah. If it looks like it's no good, it should be no good. Right. But you're a different mindset late in the game if you're down a point versus if it's tied. So they go for two with well more than enough time for the Chiefs to get down the field and win the game. I don't know why you go for two here because the Chiefs have a completely different mindset if they're losing by a point than if it's tied. If it's tied, they're more inclined to be a little careful. Maybe the drive peters out and you get the ball back and you can win it. If they're down, they put the foot back on the gas and they mash it and they're in four-down territory. That's the complaint we always hear about two-possession, guaranteed second-possession overtime. Well, the team that gets it first is playing three-down football. The team that gets it second and knows that they need a field goal or a touchdown is playing four-down football. That's not fair. And that's the situation the Raiders were trying to create. Instead of the Chiefs being in three-down football, they're in four-down football if they go down 31-30. I don't like that with that much time left. That, to me, is a win or lose, avoid overtime or take the victory moment. You do it with four seconds left, not four minutes left, in my in my opinion. I, I, I hear you there. I, I think that would be the one thing I would question. I mean, to me, I don't have as much of a problem with this decision as I do the Chiefs' decision. Uh, I, I don't. But at the same time, I, the, the, the point you're making, I think, is the thing that you at least second guess. Yeah, there's a lot of time left there in the football game. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter here right now at this moment. But I also think there's understand. You can understand their logic and the fact of, okay, you know, we are on the road. Our defense has played good tonight, right? And we've been running the ball, running the ball well. And even if we do get a a stop here, right, we might be able to run out the clock and end the football game that way too. 
So that's where I don't think it's as crazy. And, and of course, their defense, and as we talk about this game, played really well and did some good things in this football game, too, to give them the confidence to go, Not you know late. what? Not in the second half. Well, second okay, half. they still had drives where they stopped Kansas City and made it tough. I mean, nothing was easy for Kansas City throughout the football night. I mean, they had to work for every drive they made. There wasn't big plays, oh, wait, look at this. So... You know, again, I I don't mind the decision as much. You're right. It's a little early in the fourth quarter. I understand that. But uh, I can understand that logic, and I have less of a problem with that than being the better team with seven and a half minutes to go and trying to go up by nine. That, to me, does not make sense at all. We know you're going to get two more possessions, all right? And they've been moving the ball on your defense the whole night. So it makes no sense to me there. And you were in danger of losing the game because of it. And that's not worth it. When you're the better team, you just continue to play. And they're usually the better team as the game plays on, the cream rises to the top there. And they win the football game. And you gave them a chance there and an opportunity to, you know, steal it. And if one bounce of the ball happens the wrong way, you win the football game. That last view we saw was from the side of the field yeah. where the official came in adamantly doing this. I don't know how he saw it. The other one had the view of it, and it was a great job in real time, naked eye, full speed, to see that Josh Jacobs' knee was down before the ball got across. Now you know you always have the backstop of replay, but in a play like that, you may never get clear and obvious visual evidence. But we did get clear and obvious confirmation. Knee was down, ball wasn't to the front of the goal line. But it's from this angle when you're looking down the line, that it's obvious. The guy up top thinks he sees it clearly. See, at any time, they, they always tell the officials, never do a very aggressive call because it reflects a level of confidence that your other calls don't have when you don't do that. Always do your calls the same way. When you do that, like, you know, oh, I see it this time. You know, don't never do that, officials. Always do your calls the same way. And, and I don't know why he was so confident because I don't know what he saw from that other angle. You couldn't clearly see the knee was down before the ball crossed the plane. It was the other side where you could see it. But that, that look. Well, we don't know. Jacobs you don't know running. that. He has a different view than the camera. So, you know, I don't know I how you. you see clearly. I don't, I don't see how you can get an eye on it that vividly through all those bodies where you're doing the Leslie Nielsen in the naked gun, you know, moonwalk and, you know, the over the top. Uh, anytime the over the officials do the over the top signaling, I just, I, I, I just think that's a bad idea. I don't know what that guy saw that made him so confident. The other guy, I get it. But again, replay could have cleaned it up one way or the other. All right. So they, Jacobs was running well. He was, was, was running right, well. They, right. they made a great play. I still... I still don't like it with four minutes left. I just don't. Well, well don't. but see, here, here's your my other thing too. To, I, I understand, and I'm I'm not you know totally anti what you're saying there on this one. Again, I'm usually the guy that goes, let's just tie the game and continue to play and see where it goes from there. And you're playing good football as a football team, running the ball. You know, we've seen we saw the defense play really well, and 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 like we said, make things hard on Kansas City. I mean, it wasn't easy. I know that it's Kansas City. Nothing's ever easy against them. But, you know, that to me, you know, and, and this is a good conversation, but, you know, you use the logic to, uh, well, now Kansas City's going to be down and they're going to be in four down mode. Well, what, what, well, when Kansas City went up by nine, the Raiders were going to be in four down mode too. That, that didn't change. It's two, position, two possessions. So now they're going to push the envelope and maybe go for it on fourth down and do that. 
You know, so I don't like the decision from Kansas City at all. It's to me, it is it is video game analytics BS that it, it, it to me does not make sense in this day and age in the NFL. It does not. Okay, and then the other side of that is yeah, when the Raiders go down, do that. Uh, I understand your point is real, but I don't think it's as egregious to me to go, hey, let's go over the lead right now. Let's go over the lead right now. Our defense has been doing good things. We've given pressure on Mahomes. Maybe we get the stop here, and then we run the clock out with Josh Jacobs because they were moving the ball consistently too. So that one to me is not as egregious, uh, and I think Kansas City you know, skirted out there, luckily, uh, with a bad decision trying to go up by nine. At least that's my take on it. Maybe we were watching two different games, Chris, because I thought the defense for the Raiders after they were up 17, nothing fell off. There were like five straight drives where the Chiefs had a touchdown or a field goal. They were moving the ball at will. And at one point after they went for two, after the Raiders went for two, I think it was Troy Aikman that said, well, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, they don't want to get in a situation where they give the Chiefs the ball and they just kind of methodically drive down the field the final four minutes, kick the field goal and win the game. Although that's what you're doing anyway. They were trying to explain it in real time. And look, we're struggling to explain it eight hours later. I didn't really understand what they were saying in real time, but I had an idea flash in my head. And it reminded me of an old Colts-Chiefs playoff game where the Chiefs just couldn't stop the Colts, so they eventually did an onside kick. Because what the hell, they're going to score anyway. I mean, I would have rather in that moment tie the game up and then do a surprise onside kick. If you really want to go all in and try to win the game and you fear that the Chiefs are going to get the ball back with four minutes and change and just work it down the field and smother you and get a field goal and walk off. And he, even that, I don't know, Matthew Wright, who knows? Who knows if he's going to make it or not? I mean, he misses an extra point. He misses a field goal or makes a 59-yarder. You don't know what you're going to get with him. But um, I, I, it, it, it's sometimes I think, and this is a product of analytics, I think coaches overthink. On both ends last night. Yeah, I got I you. I think they were thinking too much. Just go play football and see how it all plays Well, they out. chase points too early in the game. I think that's the bottom line where we go. There's so much left to, that goes on that's going to dictate the final end of this game. Why are we making about this play right here, right now, at this moment? And that's, I guess, where we don't understand it. And listen, I, I, I know. I, I think, yeah. We got a way to shed, shed some light on it. Josh McDaniels tried to explain his decision to go for two after the game. Let's have a listen to what he said about that fateful call. Felt like in that situation, you know, we hadn't, you know, we hadn't really, they had kind of had a lot of momentum offensively, obviously in the second half. And um, just, you know, we had a play that we felt really good about. We thought we would get a look that gave us a shot at it for sure. Uh, we had a chance. We had a fair fight at it. You know, they played it a little bit better than we did and uh, gave ourselves an opportunity to take the lead there and, you know, and then maybe put a little extra pressure on them when they had the ball. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Just trying to be aggressive, trying to win the game. And I know it was four and a half or whatever the time was, but uh, just, you know, our team felt good about it um, and just, you know, felt like that was the right call at the right time. I know you love it when coaches say try to be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Right. That isn't a reason to be aggressive. Although he said something there yes. that we always try to emphasize. We liked the play. That's the key. That's one of the big factors in the decision. Do you have a play that you like? Now, they shouldn't have, but they almost really loved it because they almost got it. But that's the key. Do you have a play that you really like in that spot? 
and 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 you can't fault him no, you for can. making that judgment that he liked to play. No, and and you know they've been dominating them up the middle, running the football, right? I mean, so they, they've been having their way running the ball with Josh Jacobs. You said it. You started the show. He was running with an intensity and anger that you'd never really seen out of the guy before. So I, I, I get that. But I also think, like, he's sitting there, to your point, Mike, he's kind of second-guessing himself right there, too. Like, wait, we hadn't really stopped him. We had the – they had great offensive momentum. And, you know, here we are. Okay, we're going for the win, even though, okay, there's four and a half minutes left and we haven't stopped them. And like you said, it's going to put them in four-down territory type of play that way. You know, but but at the same time too, Mike. I know why I keep saying I understand Kansas City marched down and scored a touchdown. Nothing was easy though. That's a, I mean, it was it was long drives. It was a lot of unbelievable plays. It was a lot of oh wow, he got out of pressure and made a great throw there. So that's where I mean, gosh, that's Mahomes. That's I Mahomes know, every I week. I understand though. that. Well, yeah, it is every week until it's not. Until we have a, we sit here on a Monday or Tuesday and go wait. Oh, what happened to Kansas City in the in the second half of this game or three or four drives? So. You know, but I but I, I understand your point, but I, I don't understand really Andy's decision and Josh's questionable as well, too, with four minutes and thirty seconds left in the football game. And the Raiders did get a stop down one. Right. Third down call ball went over the head of Mecole Hardman. Raiders get it back. We saw some more of that hard nosed running by Josh Jacobs, who's in a contract year. It's a showcase moment for him in prime time. I'm sure that that helped motivate him to run even harder than we've ever seen him run the ball before. But then they get in position. They get the third down. The catch by Devontae Adams. Right. And I, that, this is one of those, what am I missing moments? Like, why is this even close? He clearly didn't have possession of the ball and two feet down. I'm glad they got it right. I was nervous they weren't going to get it right. Not that I was rooting. I just root for the rules to be applied correctly. In real time, it looked like a catch. Matt Nagy there on the sideline is doing the very aggressive, no good, no good. He saw something in there, and what he saw was the ball is not controlled. There, you get the toe tap with the left foot. The right foot's then down. That's fine, but you don't have possession yeah, when the he, toe he's taps. Yeah, the ball, right, right. That's the key. That so is when, the key. When, Nagy, when Nagy did the aggressive no catch, I thought he sees something, and we're going to see it on replay review, and we did. Yeah, well, you we can usually so, tell, right, yeah, by the body language of the sideline to a degree how how invested they are in whether it was in or out and, and like that. And you're right, that did jump out. So then that sets the stage for fourth down. Right. And we get a little Keystone Cops routine, and it took Buck and Aikman a surprisingly long time to figure out what had happened here. They seemed confused. Two receivers ran into each other. That's what happened. At first, I thought we were going to see a flag. Like, oh, in real time, oh. somebody falls down. I'm thinking, here comes a flag. Yep, exactly. But then as soon as we got the second look at it, nope. The guy who interfered with Devontae Adams was 13 white. Right. Raiders 13. He's the one. Not whoever in red. Down goes Devontae Adams. And, and, that, and, and I assume Adams was the intended receiver here, right? Because the ball... Because uh, Redford was trying to go out, and Adams was trying to go up, and Adams was not happy. Oh, well, we cut straight forward. Fast forward to Devontae Adams leaving the field and putting a guy on his ass. That's a different story altogether. But, you know, Chris, we, we hear all the time about execution. I mean, that is a clear failure of execution. 
It can't be. I'm sure they didn't design the play for the two guys to no. run into each other. No. So somebody screwed up there. Well, you definitely screwed up. And, and hey, great call by Spags right there. Blitzing, putting pressure on Derek Carr. Wasn't going to let him sit back there and, you know, pick them apart for a short completion or something like that. And I think, really, you got to give credit. And, and I know Aikman got to this when he kind of showed the replay. The, the rookie corner, I mean, Williams, he was the real savior here. One, because of just the great job he did of not letting Devontae Adams get a real clean release, so that slowed it down. Devontae Adams is going to run the post route. They're going to have Hunter Renfro run the out route off of that, right? But when Renfro makes his move and makes the break, he's expecting Devontae Adams to be ahead of him at that point and clearing it out. And because of that jam at the line of scrimmage, they end up being right there even with each other, and they run into each other. So, no. But that's like conceptually it is the the right play right there for that defense all out man you'd love to have a guy on a post on the outside or a corner route by the slot receiver and had what they wanted but it was just good execution a good blitz and good job by a rookie corner and mike you know what if we can everybody back in the back room i just want to go back to the third down play too where you talked about because i thought there was one little aspect that yeah, he juggled the football, you know, and had the one foot down. But to me, the beauty of the play here is what Justin Reed does at safety, Mike. You hear it, feel me. His hustle over there and the fact that he dove at Devontae Adams' legs made him have to pick it up to where he can't drag yeah. and get the two feet down Why he's bobbling this. If he's not there to dive and do that, Devontae Adams doesn't have to jump and do the split kick there and is going to be able to reorganize and recontrol the football and drag his feet. But that hustle right there. So that was two like kind of under-the-radar outstanding plays, I thought, by the Chiefs secondary right there. Excellent point. I want to go to the fourth down play because yeah. I did hear them say this last night, the press coverage. It wasn't a huge disruption to the Adams route, and that's a hell of a risk to take because we've seen Adams – Run by guys deep, yeah. multiple times, right? And and you you so you put yourself in that position in that moment, and you put that you put that jam on him. You better hope he runs into Hunter Renfro because if he doesn't, he's running to the end zone, and that's it. Game over. Not not even a field goal. It's another long touchdown to Devontae Adams if if he doesn't collide with the with Hunter Renfro potentially. That that's what's lost in this. It worked in so far as that it caused him to run into Renfro, but. Adams was going to be wide-ass open to borrow Bruce Well, there's Arians no safety phrase. in the middle of the field. You're right. I mean, listen, yeah. everybody's open, really. I mean, look at If you rewind that play again, I mean, look at Matt Collins underneath number 10. He's open, certainly. But I think the issue here is that, yeah, usually Hunter Renfro being in the slot, if this is an all-out blitz, he doesn't get such a cr clean release. So in this case, he does because he's one-on-one -on -one with a safety. He's got nobody in front of him, and that kind of gives him a head start. And Devontae Adams has to kind of work his way inside with a hand on his shoulder and falls about a yard or two behind Hunter Renfro in that race there. And that's where Renfro doesn't expect by any stretch of the imagination that Devontae Adams is going to still be there. So, yeah, they dodged a bullet. This was, I mean, this this just aspect of the game was a huge aspect of the game regardless to what you're saying, Mike. I mean, whether it's he's going to catch a touchdown. Uh, we, we saw 
pass interference. I mean, the game started out 14 nothing because why? A fourth and one bomb to Devontae Adams, right? Their next scoring drive was bombs down the field where they got pass interference calls. Kansas City playing man-to-man. The Raiders were going to take their chances, and Spags took one more chance there, and, and lucky it, it, it worked out for him and, and great execution by some young guys for sure. And by the way, to cap what was a not-so-great night for referee Carl Sheffers, the last we heard from him right. was to tell us there is no foul for intentional grounding on the play. Carl, it was fourth down. There isn't going to be intentional grounding. <laughs> He's not trying to avoid it. He's not throwing the ball away to avoid a sack on fourth down with the game on the line. So I'm glad, I'm glad that they clarified for us that there was no intentional grounding on that play. No, his two guys ran into each other, and I, it was just weird that he felt compelled to tell us there was no foul for intentional grounding. We'll talk more about a different decision yeah, from Carl okay, Sheffers that, sure. that was problematic. Um, let, let's go to the Devontae Adams walking off the field. Uh Look, th- this was stunning when I saw what had happened. Matt Casey texted it to us last night. I missed it during the the weekly Monday night trip from the barn back to the house. But, you know, this kid, this poor kid, I mean, he's working. He's got a tripod. He's got no way to brace himself. You never know how somebody like that's going to fall, where they're going to hit their head. I mean, you're, you're accepting a lot of risks of what's going to happen to that kid when he lands. And Devontae Adams is lucky that kid didn't get seriously hurt because he could have. He's got no way to protect himself. He's just he's straight down. He's got a backpack on. That kid's there working. And I know Devontae Adams immediately apologized in the press room, and he apologized on Twitter, and that's fine. I mean, what's he going to do, not apologize? What, what are you going to say? Yeah, I did it, and I'll do it again? Of course he's going to apologize. That doesn't make it something that didn't happen and there's already reports that there will be discipline there could be chris a suspension of Devontae adams and and some people are gonna be like oh why what's a big deal well here's here's what the big deal is this wasn't somebody who was pushed down who was in uniform for the other team right this wasn't something that happened on the field we say all the time hey if that thing that guy did on the field happened out in the parking lot he'd have been arrested but that that you know miles garrett hitting a guy over the head with his own helmet Whatever whatever thing we've seen after the whistle where we're like, holy crap, what are they going to do to that guy? Because if it did happen anywhere else, he would be prosecuted for assault. I mean, what Devontae Adams did there was inexcusable. And and I've already gotten emails from people, oh, if it was Miles Garrett who did it, you wouldn't shut up about it. Well, I'm not going to shut up about it anyway, even though Devontae Adams is a great guy and it's out of character. He did it. And now he's going to face the consequences. And... I hope he doesn't complain about what the consequences are because he has to understand, even though he apologized, Chris, there's going to be consequences for this. Yeah, I mean, pretty shocking, really. I mean, Devontae Adams is one of those receivers that you, you never really see have any outbursts at all. I think that's where I was like shocked when I was sitting there uh, on the couch watching post-game stuff. And I'm just a guy that usually got his emotion, you know, emotions in check. We've never seen him have outbursts on the sidelines in Green Bay about, you know, give me the ball or what the hell's going on. It's just it's out of character for him. But I don't understand it. I don't. You know, I, yeah, I, I just I've never understood that. Why are we going to take it out on a guy that's there to really support the sport? And it meant nothing bad by it. You know, that, that's where, you know, as a player, you just you got to you got to check your emotions. And yeah, you're right. I don't know where this goes, Mike. First thing I kind of thought of was just like, ooh, I wonder if he'll get in trouble with the league for this. Uh, you know, 
uh, verified personnel covering the game on the sideline to do that. And you know, we'll see. I, I hope it doesn't end up in a suspension. I understand the fine, and I, I think that's totally justifiable. To lose a game over it, I don't know about that. You know, again, it is an emotional sport. You know, we want players to care and, like, be pissed when they, when they don't, you know, play well or lose a football game. And I think this is a guy that really does care, like, legitimately, and had some plays at the end of the football game where he's going, man, I I'm better than that. I shouldn't have let that guy jam me so Hunter Renfro runs into me. I shouldn't have bubbled, bobbled that ball, you know, just a little bit there while I had my feet down. So I can understand his emotions being like that. I'm just, I guess, shocked by it a little bit and disappointed in Devontae Adams that way. The expectation by the league is you've got that on-off switch and you've got to be able to turn it off quickly. And we've had that conversation in recent years as it relates to the taunting. They expect guys to turn it off immediately after the play ends, which is unrealistic. But I think it is realistic to ex expect a guy to have it turned off when the game is over and he's walking to the tunnel. And if it, it, if it hasn't turned off by the time you're walking to the tunnel, don't leave the sideline area until it does turn off. I mean, that's part of – it's not really coaching because it has nothing to do with what goes on in the game, but it's just part of managing your emotions. If you're still really upset and you know you're going to be walking through a sea of human beings – and you know what's coursing through your veins and how you're feeling. We saw him slam the helmet down after the fourth down play. Just stay on the sidelines for a little bit. I think that's just good advice for anyone connected to the sport. If you're feeling the emotions, hang out on the sidelines for a little bit before you put yourself into that position where you know that there's going to be people scurrying around trying to do their jobs. Your job for the night is over. Their job, in some respects, is still continuing. Whatever that kid was doing, he wasn't just running around looking for autographs. He no. was doing his job. Right. So here's here's let's let's give Adams a chance, yeah. to have his apology heard by us. It doesn't change things for me, but here's what he had to say after the game. I want to apologize to the guy. It was some some guy running off the field, and he ran, uh, like jumped in front of me. We were coming off the field, and I bumped into him and kind of pushed him, and that thing ended up on the ground. So I want to say sorry to him for that because. That was just frustration mixed with him running in, and literally just running in front of me. And that was shouldn't shouldn't have responded that way, but that's that's how I initially responded. So I want to apologize to him for that. Alternative facts there. He didn't bump into Devontae Adams and he didn't kind of push him. He gave him a two-handed shove right on his ass. So that's fine. That's fine. He'll he'll hear from the league. He'll hear from the league today if he's gonna be suspended. They 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 don't they don't mess around because you got to process these things quickly so guys know what their status is. We've seen multiple guys suspended this year. We saw the Mike Evans suspension when he ran out onto the field and pushed Marshawn Lattimore to the ground. And that was one of the arguments I heard from the Saints after that happened. Hey, you shove a guy to the ground like that when he's not ready for it, he could be seriously injured. Well, if that applies to a professional athlete in uniform on a football field, that applies to a guy who is carrying a tripod and got a backpack on his back and yeah. he looked like he's 18 19 years old for crying out loud that guy gets the protection too and that's another reason why they're going to whack him chris big companies are always upset with liability yeah right and and if you don't make it absolutely clear now that we're not going to tolerate that you don't create the kind of deterrence for others to not do it again. So if somebody does it again and somebody gets seriously injured, one of the things the NFL is going to have to deal with is 
you didn't really punish Devontae Adams the way you should have to send a message to everyone to not do this. That's another reason why Devontae Adams is going to get hammered by the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, ex- I would expect so. I mean, it, it's a bad look. It's a bad look for Devontae Adams. There's no question about that. I'm going to give him somewhat of a little bit of a free pass here because he's never done anything like this before. So I don't want to say free pass, but I'm going to say, hey, humans make mistakes. But it's a bad one, and he does know better. I mean, to to your point there, and yeah, it's just a bad look for him and the league and everything there. And I think that's probably why they, yeah, they got to do something. They can't let you have a free pass, like you said, walking off the field and, you know, without a better way to say it, kind of assaulting somebody just because they got in your way by accident. They didn't jump in your way. They didn't run in your way. They were just walking, and you weren't looking up. You were looking down and happened to look up at the moment they were walking and then, then pushed them, and that, that's where it's unfair and a bad look for Devontae Adams. It really is a shame that Shefty got clowned so widely and loudly for using the term assault after Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph with his own helmet on that Thursday night in November of 2019, but it was, and it is, and it shouldn't be a punchline, and it wouldn't be a punchline if you were the one on the other end of it, Uh, whether it's getting hit over the head with a helmet or whether it's getting shoved to the ground when you're trying to do your job. It's something that shouldn't happen, and it's fine And I guess it's funny for some when the person isn't injured, but that's how people get hurt. And that's how who knows what happens. Once you start that chain of events, it's one of the things you learn in law school. Once you start that chain of events, you're responsible for whatever happens next. You shove that guy down. You didn't mean to have him break his neck because he hit his head against the the side of the, the wall. But you know what? He stumbled and he did. And that's on you because you're the one that started it in motion. So that that's the, the, recovering lawyer in me talking but yeah. that's that's how you avoid things like that you don't do things like that the league office is going to have its hands full between Devonte adams and this roughing the passer or nothing the passer as uh chris coined it when this craze began a couple of years ago and we see it come and go we see it bubble up this is one of the realities chris of having 17 different referees they have 16 crews and they have an extra crew because they get buys too you got 17 referees who have different opinions on what is and isn't roughing the passer. And this is part of the problem when roughing the passer is this formula that's got 10 different ways, I think, that you can rough a passer. It's like figuring out how many different ways a pitcher can balk, and you're going to have different opinions about what it is. And some folks are more sensitive than others, like Jerome Boger has that reputation for being very sensitive about the roughing rules. And – some things are going to happen that one referee would call it and another wouldn't. But last night's looks like one that that was just flat wrong. The explanation from Carl Sheffers after the game, just flat wrong. Here it is. Chris Jones making a tackle, grabbing the ball from Derek Carr, and bracing himself as he fell with his left hand. Sheffers says it was full body weight. It can't be full body weight. If Chris Jones is bracing with his left hand, he tried not to put his full body weight on Derek Carr while he had the ball that he had taken from Derek Carr. And look, th- hey, and wait, just the, uh, when we watch the replay again, the flag is the flag is when Chris Jones has the ball. Watch when he drops. He's running to the sidelines. The flag's not down. The flag's not down. The flag's not down. The flag's not down. There it is. There's the flag. I mean, come on. Come on. I I mean, the NFL's got to step in here. We have a problem. We have a real problem. First off, you said it right, Mike. 
There's no body weight there. Even the fact that Derek Carr put his hand down tells me he wasn't that out of control. When you're that out of control and you feel weight like that as a quarterback and you're in a position where you're going, oh, man, he hit me so hard and his body weight's on me, you don't put your hand down because you go, I'm going to break my shoulder or my arm by putting my hand down. I just got to take this one and go to the ground. So it's wrong in all aspects, let alone that Chris Jones has the possession of the football. They should have called roughing on Derek Carr for tackling Chris Jones too hard here. He's got the ball. I mean, I'm being funny there. But they're ruining the sport. The NFL 345 has to step in. It's every week right now we're seeing plays that dictate football games, and they're big plays, and Johnny Referee steps in and goes, wait. I know you guys came here to see Josh Allen and Mahomes and all that, but I'm the real star of the show. I'm going to I'm going to dictate the game. I'm going to the biggest moments, I'm going to dictate it. And not even react really fast in live time. Going to kind of think about it and then throw it. It, it. it's it got issues and we see it every week. It's not just this weekend. We saw it, of course, with Brady. We see it here. We saw it with Josh Allen last weekend. We saw illegal talking to the quarterback too meanly from Chris Jones, Chris Jones. and Matt Ryan. Right. All right. We've seen also, we, we got to go back here because week one, two, and three, there was also egregious calls just like this as well. It's just in the last week here, we've had them in the biggest moments of games. And now people are starting to go, wait, something's wrong here. They're, they're ruining the sport. They really are. And I do think that 345 has got to step in and start saying something to these referees. It's not fair. It's not a good watch. It turns me off as a fan of the sport and a guy that loves it. It's a real problem. Cheffers was interviewed by a pool reporter after the game. And it's a strange procedure because I've always said that the officials should be as accountable and available and transparent as the players are and the coaches after a game. They should have to talk after every game. They should have to answer questions to the media after every game. What happens is, in certain circumstances, the NFL activates this pool report function where one reporter gets to basically interview the referee and ask him about a key call or two. Sometimes there's more than one. Last night it was just one. Said Sheffers in explaining his call, the quarterback is in the pocket and he's in the passing posture. He gets full protection of all aspects of what we give the quarterbacks in a passing posture. So when he was tackled, my ruling was the defender landed on him with full body weight. The quarterback is protected from being tackled with full body weight. My ruling was roughing the passer for that reason. And look, that's fine, but it's wrong. See, we don't just need an explanation from the referee in real time as to why he did what he did. We also need an explanation from the league office as to whether or not it was accurate and whether or not they agree with it. They stay silent. Remember when they well, used they to stayed make... silent on Sunday too, Mike? Because it's wrong. I, I, well, we know it. It's remember, wrong. there was a time. There was a time. Yeah. When Mike Pereira and then after him, Dean Blandino right. would do videos that would go over meaningful calls, not ridiculous, obvious stuff. There would be a video every week that they would make available to the media that would address calls that were controversial, and they would explain them. And Pereira and Blandino would admit when somebody got something wrong. But you know what happens? The, the officials don't like being held publicly accountable. Well, tough crap. Don't make mistakes, and you won't be held publicly accountable. Uh, uh, Everybody else on the field who makes a mistake is held publicly accountable. Uh, uh, and agreed. And, and it makes the NFL look bad. It makes the NFL look like they're hiding something because they feel like they have to tiptoe on eggshells around the referees who, God forbid, someone should explain officially and transparently why they screwed up. 
So the last word on this, I guarantee you, will be Carl Sheffers giving us an incorrect explanation of what happened. He didn't land on him with his full body weight. And the one thing that was missed, and this isn't a criticism of the pool reporter because you're trying to process a lot and you got follow-ups. This was a point that was made by John Perry, former NFL referee last night, in the second half. It kind of took him a while to realize it. It took me a while to realize it too. And I don't know that I would have realized it without Perry explaining it. It should have been a post-possession foul. It should have been Chiefs ball back 15 yards because before Chris Jones landed on Derek Carr with full body weight. Right, he's got possession of the ball. He's got the football. This should have been Chiefs ball 15 yards back from the Las Vegas 42. Why That's even that? Should have why? Been. I mean, why? Because he well, tripped over at, him at after the worst, he the ball? I'm saying, no, 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 no. I'm saying at the worst. Even yes, if, sure. even if we, we, we find that Chris Jones landed on Derek Carr with his full body weight, even though he didn't, Jones has the ball when he does. So it should be Chiefs ball with the penalty applied at that point. And what the Chiefs should have done, the Chiefs should have thrown the red flag there because it's not automatically reviewable because the ruling on the field was that there was no turnover. Right. The Chiefs throw the red flag there. To say now, did, a turnover. When did that happen? When did that happen in the first half? That was late in the, the late in the quarter. I'm was say, it after the two minutes? If it's after two minutes, it should have been automatically reviewed. Uh, I, I do believe it was. I do believe it was after two minutes. I got to go back. Can and somebody look at that give me the sure, time there? Go just play the one fourteen. All right. Yeah. It's not right. the okay. The league. Yeah. Need to step and, in. And one the last thing, Charles uh, Carl. Why do I keep getting? I want to say Carl's Cheffer, like Carl's Junior. Carl Cheffers. Not Carl's Cheffer like Carl's Jr. I really would like a hamburger right now. But the league should have intervened. He said that New York did not talk to him at all. They should have activated the replay process. The replay assistant in the booth screwed up. Whoever was in charge at 345 Park Avenue screwed up. That's really the story here, Chris. Yeah, the roughing call was bad, but we know we're going to get bad roughing calls. We kind of have to accept that it's going to happen and there's not a damn thing we can do about it because it's not reviewable even if it should be. But what was reviewable was that Chris Jones had the ball and they failed to review it. I'm going to, during a break, text somebody at the league office and try to get an answer to that question. Should they have activated the replay process to say that it was Chiefs ball? We can't pick up the flag because that call isn't reviewable but we can say it was Chiefs' ball at the time the penalty happened. Yeah, I mean, they did drop the ball. I mean, there was a turnover. It was a change of possession there. It should have been reviewed. And then, yeah, maybe it does change there. So, yeah, the NFL is wrong there. And the way they're refing these plays is wrong, too. And, Mike, I mean, you talk about replay. This might be something they have to talk about where this becomes a replay-type thing in the offseason. I don't know. It's got to change, though. The defense is it's ridiculous. They're such an unfair advantage right now in the NFL. It's pretty ridiculous. It really is. You're taking away a big aspect of their game, which is physicality and making the quarterback feel uncomfortable. And for the most part, too, quarterbacks are not getting hurt. It's not happening. They're being protected above and beyond. 
And here we are in the day and age of gambling and, and money and all that. And, man, I don't know, every weekend I turn around and a, a, a call that is, that is, you know, just what's the phrase I want to use here, that the, that the referee can just kind of go, well, I don't know, I see it this way, can dictate the football game and change the game. I mean, that, that to me is the issue with the NFL and why they got to be a little more stringent and stricter and give us some, you know, give us some comments here about this situation altogether. And the refs got to be held accountable too. I'm with you, Mike. I mean, again, I, I just don't know, know, understand where we go from here. But right now, I do think the league has to get in. I, it's all this correction of the Tua thing. And I understand that. I get it. But it's not. But this stuff was happening before Tua. I, 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 but I feel like they, right they, now they, it's going above and beyond. Okay. I, all right. And I understand that you're right. I it think, was going I think on. The Tua, I think the Tua overreaction has more to do with Teddy the, Bridgewater or the being Brady one. for taxia when right. he showed no signs of ataxia. I think this is good old-fashioned protecting the quarterback. I just think that we, we've had these issues, and we've seen them early in the season before. Remember, there was a play – it was a Packers Vikings game, wasn't it? Like there was like, I mean, we we have ranted about this before. It's every week now. It's twice a Th- week. This it's is two or three this times on Sunday. This isn't a concussion thing. This is protect a quarterback from any injury that could keep him from playing thing. And this has been around for a while now. I sent a text to somebody at the league office. Uh, can I get an explanation why replay wasn't activated to review whether Chris Jones had possession before the penalty? It looks like it should have been Chiefs ball with the penalty applied from there. We'll see if we get an answer. It's a game-changing moment, nonetheless. And the refs have too much power right now. And there's too many of them that are making the wrong call. And I do think, like, it's time to start talking about being accountable. I do. You know, like, oh, hey, that was such a bad call. You don't get to ref a game next week. I'm sorry. We're bringing the guy off the bench because you, you, uh, Jerome Bogertz, absolutely took the game into your discretion with the Falcons and the Bucks, and you don't get the ref the next week. You miss your game check. It's just it's, it's egregiously wrong. The NFL's not defending it because it's egregiously wrong, just like the week before with the Ravens' Josh Allen hit, and the protection's gone above and beyond. You're right. I know that was more traditional last night. The NFL has to step in and start changing this a little bit. It's not fun Here's to Chris watch. Jones. It's stupid from after the game with his thoughts on what needs to happen to avoid the outcome that we saw last night. I think now the, to evolve roughing the passer and protecting the quarterback is essentially what we're doing in this league. we got to be able to look at roughing the passers in the booth. You, 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 you take a look at the Grady Jarrett situation. I was going to ask you about that. Did you see that one from yesterday? Of course. It's all over Twitter. And, 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 and what type of situation that was in the game. That was the third down stop also. And then when you take that in initiative, if we're able to view it in the booth and the referees can get a second look because it's happening so fast, maybe we can change that because now it's getting absurd. You know what I'm saying? Now it's causing teams games. You know, that was a fourth down stop on Grady Jarrett. They, the team would have got the ball back and, and you know, who, who knows what would have happened. But for them not to be able to look at that, you know, when you sit on videos, you know, you can, you know, and faster, when it's faster than you on the field and happen that fast, you know, the ref, they might see something different. But when they're able to, like, look at the video and see that it's not roughing the passers, a lot of these roughing the passers would be called back. You know, initially, like today, you know, roughing the passer, I actually stripped the ball and gravity kind of took me to the ground. And that's a roughing the passer call in a critical situation in the game. It's third down. We're down 10 points. You know what I mean? 
And, and, and that's a momentum shift in the game that that, that could have affected us. Did you know you what I mean? There's no need for an explanation, okay? So what I'm going to go to him and say, how should I tackle? How should I not roll on him? I'm trying my best. I'm 340, 25 pounds, okay? What do you want me to do? <laughs> he almost told us the truth about he how did. much he weighs. He did. He almost, <laughs> he almost told us the truth. <laughs> Officially 325, and I get fined if I weigh a pound over that, so I'm not 340 right now. Um, to, to echo the point we already made and make sure everybody understands it, replay would have been available to give them possession of the ball, but not to overturn the roughing call. It needs to be. This is a point we've made for years, Chris. I've said this. The bodies are moving too quickly. The officials are out there with no protection, no helmets, no pads. They are constrained to the naked eye. I've been a big proponent of Sky Judge, Booth Umpire, whatever label they choose to apply, I don't care. Have somebody who is a member of the crew who can watch this and look at it and help the referees because there's a lot happening. They're having to make decisions quickly. Having the benefit of someone who sees what we see is crucial because it bridges the gap between what all of us see and what Carl Cheffers got it right that time happens to see behind the action on the field. Cause there's two very different versions of what was seen there, his version and everyone else's. They need an official who is in a position to see everyone else's and help him with those calls. They're afraid to do that though. They should do it. Because in this age of gambling, as you said, and Dean Blandino and I used to argue about this because I would say, oh, here's one for the tinfoil hat crowd. They're going to say the game was rigged. I'd say, you know, you know these games aren't rigged. Why would you say that the game's rigged? Say, I'm not saying they're rigged. I'm saying there's a group of people out there that always looking do. for an opportunity always. to say the games are rigged. Always. And now that there's legalized gambling, there's even more reason. I saw that all over Twitter last night. Oh, the, they got money on the Raiders. The they got money in. on the Raiders. The fixes the exactly got money right. on the Raiders. I, that's what they're crazy. That's, that's, what, so that's where I, I don't understand it. One, I think they got to take the language out of the, the, the rule book that says, when in doubt, throw the flag. All right, that's the first thing, and I thought John Perry did a good job explaining it. It's the only rule in the whole rule book that has that language at the end. That needs to change, and I think Chris Jones is on to something there too, and you as well. There's got to be something there to, to help this out a little bit. Too many games being dictated by it. All right, so that, that's where my issue is, and I think it is a real issue around the league. It's too protective of the quarterbacks. We've done a good job. It's, it's gone above and beyond. It's gotten ridiculous now. Quarterbacks are not really getting hurt that much. It's not happening. It's, it's, that's why guys are playing to 40, and it's no problem. Now we're getting to the point where we're not even allowed to hit the quarterback, and that's changing the football game, and so I don't like that. Is that what they want? Is that what they want? Because I, I tweeted that last night. The league office needs to take control of the sport. The owners need to tell them to do it, and the reaction by some was this is what they want. They want the quarterbacks in bubble wrap. They want the quarterbacks to be able to play into their 40s. They'll tolerate – this stuff and also it's good for business to have everybody buzzing about this bad call do you think that this is what they really want I don't think I think that they want to protect the quarterbacks because they're the faces of the NFL right now I do think that but I think you're opening up more can of worms with like the fixes in and just the absolute absolute egregiousness of the the call there that's not good for the sport that makes you question everything right now so that, that's where I don't like it. You know, I, I don't. And again, I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to get to the point here where it's like, don't, don't even worry about getting defense alignment anymore. What's the point? 
Just get a bunch of DBs out there and linebackers, and we can't, we can't hit the quarterback. You know I'm being sarcastic there, but well, it just bothers me. It's taking a big element away from teams that are built through defense. You're, you're taking a big element of what makes them successful away without being able to intimidate and physically punish the quarterback a little bit. I mean, there we that are. That ship sailed 30 years ago, I, I, or at least you know, 15. I mean, you know, to a degree, yes, but we're going, we're going beyond this now. It's gotten, it's gotten out of hand. It's gotten out. You're not even allowed to tackle the quarterback. That's where we're getting to. It's not hitting him anymore. It's not allowed to tackle him. And that I have a problem with. I do. And, Mike, I want to talk about this game more. We haven't even got into the game. We've talked about two-point conversions and this. I'm dying to talk about some of the aspects of the game, too. So, damn, we got to get to some of that, too, here in a second. Well, we need to take a break because we've been going for almost an hour. I know. So we'll, a we'll horrible here. call here. You should not be allowed to ref the game the next week. There are plays like this. Get out of here. You're all, you're off the game the next week. You don't get a paycheck. Just like a player would get fined. Everybody else gets in trouble in the NFL. I'm sick of the players. The only people being held accountable. Start holding the damn referees accountable. Carl Cheffers, you threw your flag five seconds too late, and you're wrong all over. I don't know. Get him out of here for a week. Well, I don't want to see him. Hey, hey, Chris. Here's the problem. Yeah. Who are you going to replace him with? I don't this know. This is the yeah. best they can do. I, think back to think back to 2012. It's think not the best the they can do. They're cheap in that department, too. They need to pay referees well, more, and then we can have some more as backups. No, that's different. Different issue. As of right now, if you tell one of the existing officials, take a seat, you're not going to have a better replacement. I got you. I know. The bigger picture is don't be so damn cheap about paying your officials. Prioritize right. that function. They have the money, and they have the incentive. Once they started making big money off of gambling, that was the first thing I said. You better peel off some of those funds and use it to do everything you can to plug every hole that you have in your officiating function because now the stakes are higher. There's, all it takes is one huge mistake in one huge moment to have Congress fully activated and to have an agency that ultimately springs up to have full control over the sport. Those are the stakes for the NFL. It's not just because, look, People are going, oh, I'm not going to watch anymore. Sure you're not. Sure, Jan. You'll huff and puff, but you're never blowing the house down. They have to worry about Congress. They have to worry about external oversight. They have to worry about lawsuits. They have to worry about prosecutions at some point. Frankly, there's different branches of government that have power over the NFL. You don't see it exercised maybe the way it could be or should be. These are the kind of moments that get those people to say, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's a reason for me to pick around a little bit. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We got to talk about Matt Rule getting fired at some point, but let's press pause. We'll talk a little bit more about the game yeah, from let's last do that. night because it was a great game. It was. We finally got a great primetime game, washing the taste away of Thursday night's Colts Broncos game. We'll, we'll pause. We'll be back with more PFT Live presented by Google Pixel right after. 